Jerry, and you know what he is? He is on it, man. He just, he just, I love it. It's great. Uh, but again, welcome to Worship Today. It's great to be with you all here in God's house to worship and to receive his gifts. Today, a word and sacrament. Please stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, as always, if you see people that you don't know, please walk over and say hi and welcome them today. St. John's Lutheran Church, Stones Prairie, and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. All right, and we are clear to go for the, the radio and the uh, live stream as well. Greetings to all of you who are listening, wherever you might be. We pray that your time uh, with us this morning is a blessed one. Let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your grace today. We praise you for your mercy. Lord, it is that mercy which has called us here today to worship. Uh, But Lord, more importantly, that we would receive from you your wonderful gifts, the wonderful gift of your word, which never comes back empty. Lord, the wonderful gift of your sacrament, which is that tangible way in which we can smell and taste and see and touch your forgiveness and your grace and your loving kindness, which you uh, have so wonderfully given to us. Now, Lord, we ask, uh, as we always do, as we are so bold to pray, uh, Lord, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. Lord, truly, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. It is in the name of Jesus, our Savior, that we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, 
So Almighty God, in His mercy, has given His Son to die for you, and for His sake He forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn today is number 837 in the Lutheran Service Book. Lift high the cross, stanzas 1, 2, and 3. God who executes judgment. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, for your name is near. At the set time that I appoint, for not from the east or from the west, but I will declare it forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. It is God who executes judgment.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord of grace and mercy, teach us by your Holy Spirit to follow the example of your Son in true humility, that we may may withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure hearts and minds avoid ungodly pride. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from Proverbs chapter 25. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and the smith has material for a vessel. Take away the wicked from the presence of the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence, or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. What your eyes have seen, do not hastily bring into court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you, and your ill repute have no end. This is the word of our Lord. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. It's now time for all the young disciples to come forward for the children's message, and now is also a great time to bring up your offering, your mighty mites as well. Our children's message today is delivered by John Kleibaker. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Good. Did you have a good weekend so far? Awesome. Yeah, I'm getting lots of yeses up here. Very quiet yeses, so maybe it's a bit tiring this morning, right? What is this weekend? Is there a special holiday that folks are celebrating? Anybody, tell us. Labor Day weekend. What does labor mean? Why do we celebrate Labor Day? Do you have any idea? Yes, sir. For the people who are working, they get off on days. Very good. That's exactly right. We think about all the folks that work and work really hard to make a lot of things happen for all of us, and they get a special day of the year to just celebrate and take a break, right? You know, if you work and do things uh, and make things, oftentimes you've got to have some special tools, right, to be able to do that. 
I may need a helper or two this morning. Tell you what, I, I brought a bag of tools along. Anybody recognize this? What is that? A hammer. Would you hold that hammer for us? We use a hammer to do what? Yes. Nail things. Build things. Have any of you ever used a hammer to tear stuff apart? I'm much better personally at taking things apart with a hammer than I am building with a hammer. Some people out here are really, really good at building with hammers. Oh, check this out. This is a useful tool. Anybody want to hold that? Anybody know what it is? It's a square. That's good for, that's good for helping you make sure everything is just right when you're nailing with a hammer, right, and building something really nice. Okay, that's a good useful tool. Okay. Cohen, you've had your hand up for a while. Come here. You can, you can hold these. Anybody recognize what that might be? Scissors? Oh, tweezers. Oh, heavens. Let's look at that. That's quite a jumbo set of tweezers. There you go. Cohen knew what they were. They're pliers and a lot of... What kind of workers wear pliers? Here's a hint. Your dad and grandpa do a lot of this. Farmers. Oh, very good. Very good. Several farmers in the crowd. I tell you what, now I've got some other tools here, and I'm going to need you guys, you two guys come here. Here's an interesting tool. What is that? <laughs> They're laughing at me. Hold it up high so everybody can see. A spatula. Well, it's a tool, isn't it? Hey, that's a tool. I, I really like it when Miss Robin gets that tool out because I know some good stuff's fixing to happen. How about this? Yes, if she's got a spatula and a frying pan as tools out, the day is getting better, isn't it? All right. Here's the last tool I, kinda, I put in the bag this morning. Who wants to, let's see, I need an extra helper. What do you think that is? Hmm. It's a scoop, and it's a very special scoop. Do you know what that Pastor's got it. It's the best tool I had in the bag this morning, folks. It's the ice cream scoop. I fully intend to make use of that tool later this afternoon, no doubt about it. Well, we've got lots of different tools in our lives to make things work, don't we? And people who work, people who labor, use those tools. You guys can have a seat and just hang on to those things. We'll put them back in the bag in a minute. I want to read to you, though, something that Jesus talked about. It's interesting, as I was preparing for the children's message, did you all know that Jesus and God talk a lot about labor in the Bible? about work and labor. I thought that was really interesting. Um, in the book of Exodus, the Ten Commandments, it talks about you shall labor for six days, and then pastors given several good sermons about you need to get some rest on the seventh day. Work six days, rest on the seventh. Here's the one that really struck me, though. And this is in Matthew, the very first book of the New Testament. Jesus was going all through the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, their churches, and proclaiming the gospel 
of the kingdom, healing diseases and all kinds of problems folks that had. But then he turned to his disciples and he said, now listen to this. This is what I thought was really interesting. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Not enough people working at the harvest he was talking about. Therefore, he says, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That really made me think because we're getting ready in our, in our area right here. It won't be too long. Corn will be harvested. Soybeans will be harvested. It's harvest time. Hopefully there's enough laborers and enough workers to get all, that job, all those jobs done. But Jesus warns us, or tells us, there are not enough laborers for his harvest. And his harvest is to help as many people as possible learn about him and what he did for us on the cross and the fact that he rose again on the third day and that by believing in him, we all get to go to heaven, right? Do you know what one of the greatest tools is that God gave us to be prepared to become workers and laborers for him? I'm holding it in my hand. Good job, Bradley, the Bible. That's right. Ask your mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, to read the Bible with you every day so that you can become better prepared. And guess what? They will too, to be laborers for Jesus in his harvest of getting more people prepared to go to heaven. Let's join in prayer, and then we can go back to our seats. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all the wonderful tools you give us in this world to do so many amazing things. We especially thank you, though, for the Bible, that you've given that to us so that we can read and learn about you and be better prepared to work for you as believers who are trying to help other people learn about you, too. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, you can give me my tools back if you don't mind, especially the ice cream scoop, and you can go back to your seats and have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Our epistle reading for this morning is taken from Hebrews chapter 13. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, 
For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will, give, as, as those who will have to give an account. Let them, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage you. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man who before him had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees and said, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you? having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out. And they could not reply to these things. Now we told the parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then, you will, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who be humbled himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you to return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is the gospel of our Lord.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. I don't know if you guys know, but it is truly my joy and privilege every Sunday to begin my sermon with these words. And I want you to know that, I mean, I don't have any fancy way of saying this, but I'll just say, I really mean it. So, grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read. Please have that in front of you. We'll be going through it as we go along here this morning. I would be willing to bet that I am not the only one who has ever been dragged into doing something that I, that I didn't want to do. One of the examples that I thought of as I was thinking about this message was that when my brother and I were younger, of course, we were, as a lot of boys are, we were really involved in sports, and we really liked sports. That's all we really watched. That's all we ever really did. Um, back in the day when you would play with your neighborhood friends, right, we would go and we would play football or basketball or soccer or hockey or whatever the case was, and we were just really, really involved in sports. And so when we got the news that my parents were dragging us to the Phantom of the Opera, we weren't really excited about it. We didn't want to go. I certainly did not want to go. Not only did I, I, I not want to go and sit, in, in, sit during this play, but then I found out that it was a musical, and I don't really like musicals. Sorry, Carson. I like the ones that you're in, though. But as we were sitting there and we went... To this day, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my, of my life. And if you've never seen Phantom, or if you've never seen a musical live, I really encourage you to, to go see it, because what I thought at that time, when I was younger, what I thought would be really, really boring, and I, what I wouldn't like, I remember I was riveted. And I can remember certain spots and certain things that would happen throughout that performance. There are lots of times in our lives in which we are dragged into doing things that we probably really would not rather do. But when we get done, or perhaps even as we are are going through it, we realize, you know what, maybe this wasn't so bad after all. And the reason why I bring that up, and the reason why I bring up that specific example is because this is what Jesus does and is doing in this text from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus says there that whoever humbles himself will be exalted, and whoever, sorry, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The difficulty is, of course, that we don't ever like to be humbled. We don't ever like to be told that we either A, are not good enough, we do not like being told that we didn't measure up, we don't like being told that we couldn't do something, But Jesus says, well, that's the only way that you will be exalted, at least exalted in the way that truly matters, not exalted in the way that the world exalts. You see, this is just another prime example of how so much of what Jesus teaches, if not all, is completely backwards to the way that the world teaches us. The world teaches us, and we have been brought up in this 
society in which, yeah, we, you are to strive to be the very best at everything that you can possibly be. And, and at surface level, there's nothing wrong with that. You should, there is, there is certainly the doctrine of vocation where God wants you to be the best businessman or woman that you can be, that God wants you to be the best teacher that you can be. God wants you to be the best mother or father or son or daughter or farmer, whatever the case is. God wants you to be the very best of that that you can be. But the trouble with how the world teaches it is that the world teaches it so that when you are raised up, then others are raised lower. Because in order for you to achieve the rank for which you want, somebody else is not going to get it. That's just that's just how that works. And so instead, Luke tells us that the Pharisees were watching Jesus closely. Now, why were they watching him closely? Were they watching him because they were really waiting with expectation on this next miracle that they were that Jesus was about to do will know were they watching him closely so that they could just continue to be in awe and in wonder and amazement at what Jesus was doing well no we know that the reason why they were watching him closely was rather to trip him up was to try to pull the rug out from Underneath them was to try to have a gotcha moment with Jesus, of which that they could use to condemn him. It's a very interesting scene. Jesus, it, is, it is the Sabbath day, and there was a man before Jesus who has something called the dropsy. Now, dropsy, for those of you who don't know, is, a, uh, is an illness in which the person has a lot of swelling, and the swelling can sometimes actually lead to death. And so this man who has dropsy comes before Jesus, and before he heals him, Jesus asks the lawyers and the Pharisees, again, the people who should know better, but they don't, they ask him, he asks them this question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Isn't it interesting that while the, that while the Pharisees are watching him closely, rather it is Jesus that is actually watching them very closely and very intently. Jesus says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, which of you, having a son or an ox, something that is very valuable and precious to you, that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out. Essentially saying the Sabbath, as he says elsewhere, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so Jesus heals heals him. Our job is to watch Jesus closely in this particular instance for this reason. Jesus heals someone who, in the eyes of the authorities, in the eyes of the people who, like we said, should know better, Jesus heals someone who they think, never in a million years would I ever go near, never in a million years would I touch, never in a million years would I ever help. And not only does Jesus heal this person who they would never in a million years even go near, he heals him on the Sabbath. So, literally, yes, Jesus breaks the rules, the rules, 
in order to heal this person. And so my question for you and I here this morning is, who is that person or those people in your life? Who are those people that you think never in a million years would I ever help them? Maybe it's somebody that you've had a falling out with. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Or maybe it's anyone else. Who, who is it in your life that you can think of that you see, maybe you see them every day, and you think, never in a million years would I ever go help them. Never in a million years would I ever even think to go and try to talk with them. I'm, I'm going to talk uh, to the students who are in school at this very moment. You and you and you and you and you, you and, okay, lots of them, of them here. Who is that person in your school? Who is that person in your class that you see who you think, you know what, never in a million years would I ever really go talk to or try to, in, or try to initiate conversation with because of this or because of that or because whatever the, the case is? And for the adults, again, I ask that same question of you. Who is that person in your life? And again, is the reason for why you will not go near that person or help that, that person because you, maybe you've had a falling out. Maybe you see them as less than you are. Maybe it's just beneath you to, to try to have a conversation. Maybe you're just too busy. Whatever the case is, who is that person in your life? And remember this, watch Jesus closely. Because again, literally, Jesus broke the rules in order to help somebody who everybody else never in a million years, probably not even his own disciples, who we will get to in just a second, never in a million years would they ever have helped. And yet Jesus does it. And he does it because Jesus knows him. Because This man who has dropsy is one of Jesus' beloved creatures. Again, he who humbles himself will be exalted. He who exalts himself will, will be humbled. So the question for you and I here today is, can we humble ourselves enough in order to actually talk and help and converse and be associated with the people who never in a million years would we ever consider doing that for after that, Jesus tells them a parable. And he, remember, he is at this, at this banquet, at this feast, at somebody's house. And he says, now we told them a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. exalted. Watch Jesus closely because he will show you the true example of what true humility is of what being truly humble is. Now, here's where we get caught up. On face value, on surface level, people can read these words from Jesus and think, okay, I've got to go get humble. I somehow have to figure out how to humble myself so much so then Jesus will exalt me, sort of like this knee-jerk reaction. 
But what we fail to understand, and we're going to get, and just hang on, we're going to get to it more fully in just a moment, but what we fail to understand is that Jesus literally drags us kicking and screaming to be humbled with him so that we may be exalted with him. Watch Jesus closely to learn true humility. Jesus tells them another parable. He says to the man who has invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Do the opposite of what people think that you should do. Associate with those who cannot possibly repay you. Do not think that they are somehow beneath you. Because as I asked the 7th and 8th graders over, over at school on Friday, as I asked my adult Bible class here this morning, who was Jesus really talking about who was the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind? Who was Jesus really talking about as the people who cannot possibly ever hope to repay. Well, of course, he's talking about us. And he's talking about you and I. And so let us watch Jesus closely because we are the ones who cannot ever possibly hope to reciprocate the love that he has given to us. Now, watch Jesus closely because he is exalting you. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, he took your sin and my sin with him. When we became baptized children of the Heavenly Father, literally he took us kicking and screaming out of our sin, out of our non-humbleness, out of our non-humility. He took us kicking and screaming and washed us in his blood and said, There, you are exalted. You are exalted and will be exalted to the heavenly places. Again, not as the world gives. And this is where, as I mentioned just a moment ago, even the disciples don't have this exactly right, his closest friends, because elsewhere we know that the disciples, not once but several times, had several very sharp disagreements on who among them, who among his inner circle was the best one. And who among them of his inner circle was the greatest. And so finally two of them go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we want you to do something for us. You can sort of imagine Jesus' response as, okay, what do you want? And they literally ask him, have one of us sit on your left in your kingdom and one of us sit on your right in your kingdom. And Jesus' automatic response to them is, you don't know what you're asking. You have no idea what it is that you are asking. And so even Jesus' inner circle has this problem of wanting to be the greatest, of wanting to be the absolute best. Now, again, there is abs- I'm not telling you that there is anything wrong with striving to be the very best husband, father, uh, um, uh, uh, wife, son, daughter, farmer, teacher, principal, pastor, treasurer, president, 
I'm not saying that God is not wanting you to strive to be the very best at whatever vocation that you have. What I am telling you is that if you have to step over people in order to do that, you're doing it wrong. And that's what Jesus says. So, what does Jesus do? Well, as, as I've said in this space before, God, in his infinite mercy and love, literally stacks the deck in our favor. So when we didn't want to, just like when I didn't want to go to go see the Phantom of the Opera, he drags us kicking and screaming with him to the cross. Literally drags us kicking and screaming with him to the cross. And this is, is another, another truth that we as sinful people have a really hard time under getting a grip on and understanding. Yes, literally, he took you kicking and screaming when you didn't want to. He took you to his cross. Why? Because he knew that that would be what is best for you. And so he takes you kicking and screaming to his cross. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to give up my old life. I don't want to give up my past life. I like the way that I am currently living right now, Jesus. I don't want to go. But he takes you anyway. Yes, that's how it works. No, you can't make a choice on it. No, you don't have any decision in the matter. He took you. Without you having to say anything without you having to make a decision, without you, having, without you having to say, yes, Jesus, I want to give my heart to you. No, he took you kicking and screaming because you didn't want to go. And he nailed you to the cross with him. Romans 6 is wonderful on this, and this is what happens again when we become baptized children of the Heavenly Father, the Apostle Paul says, or don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? All of our sins have been put to death. Death has been put to death. Or don't you know that you have been baptized into his death, but also baptized into his resurrection? Another way that we could say that, baptized into his exaltation. So, Jesus says, yes, he who humbles himself will be, sorry, he who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. It's just like when we have talked about before how when Jesus says that in order that, that you must repent of your sins, and what have we said? We have said this, that we can't even do that right. We can't even repent of our sins right. And Jesus knows the moment that, that he says this, he, he knows that when he says that, that those who will humble themselves will be exalted, he knows that you and I can't even do that right. And so what does he do? Literally, again, drags you, kicking and screaming to the cross because he knows that this is what is best for you. And then there he nails you to his cross, putting to death your ability to not be humble, putting to death, sorry, your 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 sin for not being humble, putting to death your sin for looking at, at people as less than you are, putting to death your sin of looking at those and thinking, never in a million years will I ever help them. And he put it to death. So that when you wake up every single day, Luther has a great visual on this, and it is something that he was able to do back in the 1500s. It is something that you and I can do here today. Every morning when you wash your face, every morning when you take a shower or a bath, 
may it be a reminder to you that you have been baptized, that you have been given a new life, and that even though he had to drag you kicking and screaming to his cross, he did it. Why? Because he loved you. And as his word said, and, and as his word says very, very appropriately for our theme here today, we love why? Because he first loved us. And he loved you first so that you may love others. And he loved you first, be, and he loved you first because it is his good pleasure, it is his joy to drag you kicking and screaming every single day to the font and to being remembered that you are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, it is his good pleasure to drag you to that font, to his cross every day, putting your old self to death. Why? Because he wants nothing else for you than for you to have a new life every single day. No matter what your sin is, no matter how many times that you have committed it, no matter how many bad thoughts about so-and-so that you have, have had, no matter what your sin is, because, because he has dragged you to the cross, that sin has been forgiven. Ephesians is so wonderful at this moment, and this is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. Not because we wanted to come willingly to his cross, because we didn't. Not by works, so that no one may boast. And when you and I didn't want to be humbled, he humbled us anyway. So that we might live with him forever. So that we would have brand new life covered in the blood of his son. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of the earth, and in Jesus Christ, the Son of the Lord, who was Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. In your pew is a red book in which you can sign your name and your family's name in. Uh, whether you are a member or a guest with us, we would ask very kindly that you would fill that out. Uh, and if you are a guest with us, if you would be so kind as to give us a way to uh, get into contact with you, whether it is a number or an address, uh, so that we might thank you for being here to worship with us today. We gather our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord Jesus, we pray that we would, in, in true faith, watch you closely. Lord, not only because you are the example of what it means to be truly humble, but Lord, because when we watch what you have done for us and we see that, Lord, we see that you have dragged us kicking and screaming. Lord, people who didn't and don't want to leave their life of of sin, people who would rather just continue to just sweep it underneath the rug, but Lord, you drag us. You drag us to your cross because you are our Heavenly Father and because you love to give good gifts to us, your beloved people. And Lord, we receive the greatest gift upon which the cross that your Son was crucified on is the same cross that we were that our old self was put to death on. And Lord, the reason why you did that is so that we would have new life. Every single day as baptized people, we have new life. And for that, Lord, we thank you. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we lift up a special prayer for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. Lord, we pray especially for all of those who are on our health list. We pray for Melba and for Lanny and for Janice and Carol and for Ethel and Joan and for Addison and Steve and Becky and Wayne and Bob, for Mark and Lorne and for Gary and for Emma, for Brenda, for Rose Marie, for Bob and for John and Deb and for Bob and Mary and Fred, and Lisa, and Jen, and Catherine, Deborah, and Joe, and Philip, and Louise, and Ruth, for Loetta, for Dennis, and for Dennis, and for Glennon, for Nellie, for Karen, and for Gary. And Lord, we pray especially for all those that we know who are suffering that we name before you in our hearts. Lord, we pray that for all of these folks that we have prayed for, that you would ease their suffering in the way that you see fit. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all who are celebrating anniversaries soon, for John and June Fritz, for their 59 years of marriage coming up on September the 2nd. We pray that you would continue to wrap them in your loving arms. Lord, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Uh, And for that, Lord, we thank you, and we pray that you would continue to be with them and watch over them in this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of those that you have sent to us to protect us. Lord, people who serve in the armed forces. Uh, Lord, we we pray especially for Christopher, for Luke, and for David. Uh, And Lord, we also pray for all those who are our first responders, Uh, Lord, and for all that that you have chosen, that you have delivered to us so that they would look after us. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we also pray for all of those who are in the path of this 
hurricane. Uh, and Lord, we ask that you would, uh, that the devastation that is sure to happen, Lord, that it would be minimal. Lord, that you would spare life uh, and that you would uh, be with these people ever so closely. Lord, in your mercy. Finally, Lord, we thank you for the gift of Holy Communion that is before us. We thank you that it is your very body and blood that you have called us to. Your very body and blood that you have called us to eat and to drink. Uh, Lord, we know that you have called it to us because you want for us the forgiveness of our sins so that we would have a renewed life each day with you. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize the
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Lutheran hymns today is number 660 in the Lutheran service book. Stand up, stand up for Jesus.
And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us to the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Blessed be the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace.
Stand up again. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. We're going to finish this. Susan, you slay me. I tell you what, keeping us on our on our on our toes. I like that. Uh, just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, the short prayer session that we have each Sunday after service is in the chapel for anyone who would like to uh, join in. So please uh, meet them there immediately after worship here. Rehearsals for the Trinity Ringers begin September the fourth at five thirty. They meet every Wednesday of the month. New members are always welcome. Rehearsals for Men's Glee begin September the 11th at 6.30 p.m. They meet every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. New members are always welcome there as well. And midweek confirmation for 7th and 8th grade students will begin September the 10th. They will meet on Tuesdays at 6.30 over in the school, the classroom that is at the top of the stairs. Any questions, uh, please contact myself or call the church office. And uh, we have an announcement about our... Turkey shoot coming up soon, and Ryan Stockton is going to tell us about that. Just, yeah, maybe just go over to the mic. Good morning. Uh, the turkey shoot is set for October 19th. Currently, we have all of the raffle uh, products uh, set in stone. We are going to, I'm going to get raffle tickets this week. I am begging for somebody to help me sell them. Uh, we're going to do 1,000 this year, which is twice as many as we did last year. But we're giving away, I think, about $5,000 worth of stuff more than we did last year. So we're having, it's going to be a fantastic opportunity uh, to make a lot of money for the church. So I really need... I needed 20 mediocre volunteers, but I really need like a five, solid five, that'll go out and really do it. So if you want to get with me this, uh, either this week or here after church, I'll be picking those up this week to uh, disperse them. Also, I'm down to about, I'm needing about $1,000 for the final three things that I need. Uh, Obviously, we can get, you know, the church can cover it, preferably... If uh, we could get some some donors, uh, everything else has been secured except that. So if you find it in your heart that you can put twenty, thirty, forty, a thousand dollars towards something, <laughs> be great. Um, contact me, I'll, and we need one thrivent action team from somebody in the church. Um, it's worth two hundred fifty dollars. It goes. Uh, it's going to go towards the concessions. And uh, you can contact Jennifer at the church office for that. So if you guys have any questions, please feel free to contact me anytime about that. And um, uh, prayerfully consider helping. So thank you. October 19th, 10 o'clock at our house. So put it in your calendars. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, looking forward to that. That, uh, that. It was our first year to do that last year. And 
Uh, we're hoping that it'll be something that we do every year. It was a lot of fun and uh, a great opportunity for us uh, to raise funds for the ministry of our church here. So uh, please consider doing that. Uh, that's all the announcements that I have. Please have a very, very blessed week. It's been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to listen, be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on FreistatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. 